Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Today, I am in Munich, Germany, once again, and I'm here with my brother, Tim. Tim, welcome back. Thanks, Nick. And I'm also here with Wendy. Hi, Hi. Wendy. <laughs> So we're going to do a three-person conversation for the first time, and we'll see how that goes. And we're talking about where we are, which is Munich. So, Tim, you're the one who lives in Germany, so what do you think of Munich? Munich is a really pretty city. It's very clean, uh, it's quite beautiful, and it's very green too. I like it. Wendy, what do you think? <laughs> well, this is my second time to Munich, and if you've listened to our episode about Prague, uh, I talked then about how I had first been to Prague about 18 years ago, and then just recently returned. So it's the same situation with Munich. I first visited on that same trip around Europe about 18 years ago, haven't been back since then. Um, and to be honest, I don't really remember very much about that trip, so it's almost like I'm here for the first time. Um, yeah, it is... A lovely city. It's very green. We're sitting right now in a huge park next to a lake with some ducks swimming around and I really like that aspect. Fortunately, it's uh, we've had good weather so it's been nice to walk around and be outside. Um, I'm probably, I don't have a huge connection with German culture in the way that Tim does and so yeah, I don't feel that attracted to, say, the language and, and the culture and, and the architecture and stuff here. So Munich doesn't wow me in the way that an Italian city would wow me. But that's just my personal preferences. Yeah, you and I obviously travel more within Europe in the Latin countries rather than the Germanic countries, and that's kind of our preference, but it's always nice to go somewhere different as well. This is my first time in Munich, and yeah, it's been quite interesting. I would say it doesn't have necessarily iconic sites that you kind of must visit and so Tim if you would compare it with Berlin where you've got things like the Brandenburg Gate and the Reichstag and the Checkpoint Charlie and all these places that you kind of everybody knows about before they go maybe Munich doesn't have those things is that a fair comment do you think? Absolutely Berlin has a vast array of, of, of attractions related to modern history uh, recent events uh, and that is absolutely fascinating and it turns it into a, a wonderful tourist hotspot. Uh, Munich slightly less so, uh, but the surrounding areas, I know we're talking specifically about Munich, the city here, but you don't have to go very far outside of Munich to find just beautiful uh, mountains or Alps, I suppose, um, and uh, wonderful outdoor sort of activities that you can do. Yeah, so Garmisch-Partenkirchen, which is kind of the main I guess ski resort in Germany is really close to here, about an hour away. And so Munich bid for Winter Olympics recently, which they didn't win, but the ice events were going to be held here in Munich, and then the snow events were going to be held in the mountains, which are nearby. So yeah, I'm sure for people who live here, it's great to have that ability to get away into nature really quickly. And so it does really strike me as a place, for that reason and for other reasons, it's probably really nice to live in. Mm -hmm. You've got all these parks everywhere, which, which mm -hmm. is really great, and the facilities and the infrastructure and everything, I'm sure, is really, really good, and there's a lot of things to do for, for local people. Right. Yeah, it's just as a tourist, there aren't a lot of 
obvious sites that you need to hit, you know, on your, like, this is your three-day itinerary for Munich, and these are all the things that you have to see. That's not to say that there aren't things to see. There are actually dozens of museums in Munich, and so if you're interested in art at all, then it's a wonderful place to come. Um, and you have different kinds of museums. I think a lot of them are art museums, but you have other things as well. Um, there's something about cars. There's some kind of BMW museum or something. Yeah, Tim probably knows about that. <laughs> That's right. If you're, if you're a bit of a, a rev head or a gear head, um, certainly Germany is the country to come and, and Munich is, is the city to come. Uh, uh, BMW or, or BMW auf Deutsch uh, stands for Bavarian Motor Works. Really? I didn't know that. And of I didn't course, know that either. Munich is the, uh, the capital of Bavaria. Uh, so they are very much, uh, their, their uh, head office is here in Munich and there, um, there is a BMW World or BMW Welt uh, auf Deutsch. Um, basically in the city center and it's it's a very iconic building because it to to anyone uninformed it sort of looks like four circular almost cylindrical uh, um, buildings uh, and of course uh, they represent the four cylinders in a car engine mm. uh, so it's, it's worth if you're a gearhead it's definitely worth a visit cool mm. one of the other interesting things that we've seen and we've been quite fascinated by it is that there is a place in Munich on an artificial river where there's this artificial wave and people go surfing. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting. It's more interesting than it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen urban surfing before, or I've never seen river surfing, you know? So it's very different from watching someone surf in the ocean because obviously it's quite a narrow space, and so they have to just keep going back and forth on the same wave. And there's a lot of skill involved. We've been watching quite a few people do it. Some of them are more skilled than others, so sometimes they just fall off right away, and then others are able to stay on for a while and even do some tricks and you know do 360 degree turns and flip their boards around but uh yeah it's a lot of fun to watch and it's something that i've never seen anywhere else yeah it's hard to describe because the wave itself doesn't really break or move so they're just kind of going back and forth on the same wave and you just go as long as you can manage it and then at a certain point you fall off and then it's the next person's turn and they jump from the riverbank onto the wave and, and try and do it themselves. And so, yeah, it's quite interesting to just sit there and, and watch and you have this great viewpoint from a bridge and you just look down on them. And uh, it's probably unfortunate for them, especially for the beginners, that they have a big audience who's watching them fall off their surfboard uh, if they're not that good. Yeah, I'm sure that would be really embarrassing. But you have to start somewhere, right? And uh, that's definitely the only place to go surfing in Munich. So if you want to surf, then then that's where you're going to go. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the thing that I will remember the most about Munich is watching the surfers. And there's also the Glockenspiel. Uh, so that is, I would say, probably an iconic site that everyone would want to come and see uh, if they've never been to Munich before. And that is on, it's a clock uh, that's part of the the town hall the new town hall which is a beautiful building in itself and then at certain times of the day the clock um, you know starts chiming and so it plays a song and then you have these little uh, figurines that dance around and um, do this kind of performance similar to the astronomical clock in Prague uh, where we were just a couple of weeks ago but that was still under renovation so we did not get to see it so I was happy that we got to see the glockenspiel this time in, in Munich. 
Definitely. And the other thing that Munich is famous for is Oktoberfest. Mm -hmm. And we're a bit early. We're going to miss it by only a few weeks, actually. But still, it's a very popular place for beer uh, any time of the year. And the beer halls here are, are really a part of the city's culture, right? Absolutely. Uh, it is almost September, which confusingly signals the start of Oktoberfest, uh, which is around about the third week of September it begins. Um, the cultural aspect is most evident in the dress. Um, it is very stereotypical. You see the, the boys wearing the lederhosen and the girls wearing the very frilly sort of outfits that is very, very traditional. Um, and it's, uh, it's a wonderful uh, celebration of uh, all things beer. Definitely. But yeah, even now, I mean, we're in the height of summer, so there's a lot of beer gardens, so people are outside enjoying it, and the Germans have an amazing capacity to drink beer at like nine o'clock in the morning, uh, which we certainly don't have. Um, but it's it's just a huge part of, of what they do, I guess. Yeah, and uh, normally anywhere that I've been, a pint would be considered a, a large beer, or at least a standard-sized beer. But here they serve beer by the liter. You, if you order a beer, you get a gigantic glass that is, holds a full liter of beer. Yeah, and so a pint is half a liter, and for example in Australia, or in Sydney, we drink out of what's called a schooner, which is I think a third of a liter, uh, or maybe a little bit more. But So you'd need almost three of those just to get one of these uh, enormous one liter German jugs of beer, but uh, that's how they roll here. They take their, their beer very seriously in Germany. They have a set of rules by which beer must adhere to, or at least German beer, uh, and that contains only four ingredients. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this rule was written in the 17th century or something. Well, there you go. Well, it's the afternoon, so maybe we should go to a beer garden and uh, get some beer for ourselves. Prost! Thanks for listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.